Hey friends, I hope you're all doing well and taking care of yourselves and the people who are important to you. Given who our guest is today, I'm imagining we're bringing some new listeners into the fold. To you, new listener of this podcast, I say hello! Welcome! Nice to meet you! Nice to have you along! My name is Andy Mascola. I'm the host of this podcast called People Are the Enemy. I I'm, I'm aware the title of this podcast is odd, but I, I promise you, you'll enjoy it. I've posted a brand new episode of this show every Monday evening, U.S. Eastern Standard Time, since January 1st, 2018. We speak with a lot of interesting, creative folks. Sometimes the show uh, is just me talking. Sometimes I'll tell you a story. Sometimes I'll do a funny bit. Sometimes a wacky character will crash the studio. If you're an imaginative individual with a decent sense of humor, I promise you'll find something to love. I sincerely hope you'll subscribe and listen regularly. Unlike other podcasts you may have listened to, there are no ads on People Are the Enemy. Unlike other podcasts you may have listened to, there is no Patreon for People Are the Enemy. The only thing I've ever asked of listeners of this fine show is that if you love to read, or you know someone who does, and you want to support this podcast and myself monetarily, uh, please consider picking up one or two of my novels. I've written and self-published eight books in a variety of genres, all my stories can be purchased worldwide via Amazon in both paperback and ebook formats. If, if you don't use Amazon, you can find most of my novels in paperback format at barnesandnoble.com. If you've already purchased any or all of my books, thank you so, so much. I, I truly appreciate your patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. People Are the Enemy listeners, this is episode 144 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Thank you so, so much for checking it out. I, I think you've made a good choice. We have a great episode for you today. Our guest is the writer Tracy Krimmer. Tracy is the author of 13 novels. In addition, she's written and published novellas as well as short stories. Her latest novel, which is available as of today, is titled The Unfortunate Fall. It's the second book in her Rewind Romance series. On, on a personal note, Tracy is one of the first authors I connected with on social media over six years ago. And, and while we write in different genres, I've long considered her a valuable colleague and a friend. I, I've looked forward to talking with Tracy on the podcast for a while now, so I'm exceedingly happy that we were able to make some time to speak today. So let's not waste any more time and talk with Tracy Krimmer right now. Hello, Tracy. Are you there? I am there, here. <laughs> oh, right on. Hey, Tracy, congratulations on the new book. That's really exciting. Thank you. Do you, do you still, you know, I mean, you've been at this for a while now. Do you still have the same kind of feelings you had when you, you started putting out books? Do you, get, do you get excited on the day it comes out? I have an entire roller coaster of um, feelings when a book comes out. You know, there's the typical excitement. There's fear. There's I want to throw up. Um, <laughs> there's constantly checking your sales dashboard. 
It's a lot of feelings, right? It's a lot of emotions, a lot of, you know, it's a it's a big deal, especially putting out something that you've worked so hard on out into the world and, and you have no idea, um, you know, pe what people, the larger group of people's intent, you know, interpretation of the story is going to be. I, I, I know the feeling well. Uh, Tracy, you're from Wisconsin. Are you in Wisconsin right now? I am, and I'm looking out my bedroom window at the snow. Oh, it my goodness. Snowing right now. It's snowing right there. Is this is this the first day it snowed where you are? Um, we, I'm closer to like the Milwaukee area. Um, we had some flurries the other day where you could barely see them. Um, today, right now it's snowing. It's snowing pretty decent. Um, but we're not supposed to get a lot. Last year we had a snowstorm on Halloween, but I don't think that's going to happen this year. So. Wow. My goodness. Yeah. They, the, there's, you know, I'm in New England and we get a lot of snow, of course, as you, as you know, but, um, but like the times that it snowed significantly in the month of October are, are few and far between, like I can literally remember, you know, but uh, right. obviously it's different where you are. I was, um, I, you know, it's, it's, it's fall here. We've got a lot of leaves on the ground. I went for a, a walk with a friend yesterday morning and I was telling him I was going to be speaking with you. And in preparation, I was telling him I'd listen to you on another podcast and I said to my friend, I said, yeah, uh, Tracy's from Wisconsin, and she's got this great Wisconsin accent. And, and my, friend, my friend asked, what does a Wisconsin accent sound like? And I tried to replicate it for my friend, and he said, uh, that sounds like someone from the movie Fargo. <laughs> well, you know, so you must have been listening to Bookshelf Banter when we were talking about accents. Yeah, I don't think I have one, but apparently I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you, you definitely do. Um but have you ever had that comparison before? As if uh, you sound like somebody, like, I think they call them youpers, somebody from the Upper Peninsula. I've never had that comparison. I've been I've been stopped two or three times and told I look like Ellen, but that's about it. Right on, right on. <laughs> Tracy, I wanted to talk about the first two books in your Rewind Romance series. The, the first book, The Mashup Summer, introduces us to a young woman named Sadie Sherman and her friend group, and, and the title of the book is a reference to a game that I'd never heard of called MASH, or M-A-S-H, and I learned about the game through reading your book. I was hoping that you might describe this game for listeners who, like myself, may not be familiar with it. Well, it was something that, as a young girl, we would play, you know, at sleepovers or on the playground. Um, basically, all it is is MASH stands for Mansion, Apartment, Shack, or House, and it's a game, you know, where us girls would try to determine what the future of our our futures would be. So, you, you know, you'd list down, you know, the, the four mansion house, you know, those, and then you'd list down, you know, four or five people, you know, that you'd want to marry and what kind of car you were going to drive, um, if you were going to have any kids or pets. And then, you know, there was a process to go through, uh, eliminate all those till you came out with one for each category. Right on. Very good. Very good. In your book, again, The Mashup Summer, the Sadie Sherman character sees signs in everything. And mm -hmm. are, are you the type of person who lives your life through finding, like, hidden meaning in things? I don't, not really. Um, I mean, here and there, maybe, but I don't, I definitely am not somebody who is constantly reading signs, you know? Maybe that's telling me something. I usually don't. I think maybe in the past I have. Maybe my meds have helped with that. I don't know. But... <laughs> But um, I don't think that I, I really do, but but Sadie definitely does. Very cool. As I mentioned, your latest book, again, is called The Unfortunate Fall. It's available today. Um, 
It's the second book in the Rewind romance series, and it features a different character from Sadie's friend group. It features Vivian. And, and mm -hmm. friends are important people in your stories, Tracy. And I, I wanted to know, have, have you ever had friends, uh, real-life friends, or, or family who've read your books and believe they've seen characteristics of themselves in your characters and, and maybe have taken offense at all? Not that I'm aware of. Not that they've ever told you? That's good. <laughs> um, I think a lot of the characters that I, I pull maybe bits and pieces of from other people are the people who aren't so nice in the books. So I'm not friendly enough with them to think that they've probably even read them. <laughs> oh, that's that's good. Yeah, it's a probably a good good way to play it. Yeah. The enemies that you don't talk to, you just use their characteristics. <laughs> right, for some of them, yes. <laughs> right on, right on. And the Unfortunate Fall is the second book, as I said, in your Rewind romance series. And as the title suggests, like the first book, it, it takes place in a season. Additionally, mm -hmm. much like the first book in, in the series, there's a game that the characters play. Uh, in, in the second book, it's with the folded paper. And I knew, this is one I did know, that the, the fortune teller game, or, or the chatterbox, as it's sometimes called, I guess, is, is yeah, it, there's another name for it too. I can't remember. Is that remember, right? But there's a third name too. I remember, like I remember making these in, in class. I think the boys use them more as puppets, and the girls use them more <laughs> as you know to to predict their their future because it's sort of like almost like a puppet, you know. See, I always thought the boys just made little footballs. Oh, we did that too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still know how to make those footballs. Sure. Anyway, I, I wanted to, say, to ask, is, is the idea for the other book or books in the series to utilize a season and a game as, as similar to the first two? So there will be a winter and there will be a spring eventually. Um, I'm kind of on a little bit of a hiatus right now, just a little, I think, overwhelmed with everything that's happened since March and with the election coming up and everything. So I've kind of taken a little bit of a step back. Um, I had started writing the third book, uncertain exactly where I was going to go with it, but now I think I'm finally um, getting on track with what I want to do with that one. It's not going to be a game, uh, more of just an object. Um, I'm planning on doing that one uh, based upon a charm bracelet. It's a great one. Great idea. Yeah, I was going to say I haven't decided on the spring yet, though. Okay. Very good, very good. I, and I wanted to ask also, so there, there's going to be two more books, and they're going to be feature again the seasons. Will the other books be from the other two characters in um, in Sadie's friend yeah. group, the Holly yeah, and so, Danny characters? Um, the winter one is going to be Holly, so obviously I named her that reason for a reason. Sure, <laughs> Holly, because she is going to be the winter book, and then Danny will be the spring book. Very cool, very cool. So we can look forward to that. Right on. Well, well, good, good for you for. And this isn't the first time you've written a series. You've got, I think, you have two other, two other book series, two other trilogies, right? I have, um, yeah. So my all that glitter series is three books, and it's one character. Mm -hmm. But it's, um, and then the other one is my pastime pursuits series, and that one is again like different characters but they're not they're it doesn't follow like a friend group it's just different characters from the other books really cool like really cool and I was... those are based upon different pastimes so like geocaching bowling and like exercising uh-huh right on right on yeah I'm, I'm always intrigued um it, it's something i've never attempted and i'm always impressed by folks who can do it it's um and i i've appreciated the way that you've done it in 
this uh, Rewind Romance series where you've got, you introduce all the characters initially and then you, you, you're taking each character and showing it uh, from a different perspective. I, am to, I have to imagine that, and correct me if I'm wrong, from, for you, it's, it's, it's kind of probably nice to slide into the skin of somebody else after writing a whole arc for one character. It is. I, I found with all that series, as much as I would love to do like a full series like that again, it's really hard for me to keep my momentum going with the same character in every book. I'm not a huge series reader either. Yeah. So um, I tend to like standalone bo- books and a lot of people in, um, you know, in the writing business are like, you know, series sell, everyone loves series, but I just, I'm not a huge series reader. Therefore writing a series is really hard. So by doing it this way, it just makes it easier and knowing that anyone can pick up any of these books at any time and technically i guess you'd have a spoiler but i mean it's a romance so you know how it's going to end yeah <laughs> anyway, i was going to say so it's really not that much of a spoiler i was going to say um, I was so gonna... it's kind of nice that way because i can you know i can do the different characters and and not lose my momentum and have readers pick up wherever they want so maybe the new book doesn't interest somebody but the, the next one will you know so Right on. Yeah, I was going to I was going to mention that to to listeners that I read again the first book uh and the second book in the series and I was I thought to myself while reading them both that they could work as standalone books you you wouldn't necessarily need to to have knowledge of the the previous book to to appreciate the second book. Right. And I'm kind of setting them like the the next year or so where the mash of summer is is the summertime, the unfortunate fall is the next fall. Yeah. So it's not, and I and no, in case I don't know if you'll ask this, but I didn't put COVID in or anything. See, you know what? Obviously, Tracy. when I wrote this one, the Mash of Summer, it wasn't even. I didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah, when I was writing it because I actually started that book like two years ago and finally decided I'm going to write it. So I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that. If only like I I I put it in my notes as a point to ask you, especially as another author, because I have very very specific feelings about about what's happening now and, um. And the things that uh, inspire me to write, and I, I wanted to know if you, and I was going to wait to ask this question, but I'll ask it now since you, you mentioned COVID, if if you are considering at all ever writing a book um, that takes place in the year 2020, given what we're, we're dealing with, and however long, you know, I say 2020, this could, could go on, but uh, is this something that you've thought about, incorporating, incorporating the real life, what we're dealing with now in, in your fiction? So I have thought about it. Um, I know there's there are a few. There actually was probably a ton of romance books that came out um, in the summer. You know, like lockdown romances and stuff like that. And I believe like uh, next week or something, or the week after, I saw there's one from one of the big houses coming out with one. You know, a traditionally published book. But um, you know, it's hard because you know, like I just started all the shows started back this week, so. Um, like I watch Blackish, and the main character, one of the main characters in the Rainbow, she she's an anesthesiologist, so she she works in the hospital, and you know they're dealing with with COVID, and I watch the Connors, and and they they did it, so I was like, well, the TV shows are doing it, so obviously that's going to date them, yeah. So that's not really any different than if a book would do it. I mean, yes, it would date you, but all the TV series are dated too. But I just you know I think maybe it's just too fresh. Sure. You know, we don't really know what's going to happen with it, the long-term effects people are going to be having with it who, who do, um, 
you know, do have it. And I just, it's something that I just, I personally don't feel I want to tackle. I mean, you can write a book and, and just know that it takes place in the 2000s. You don't even have to have an actual, you know, year to it where people know what year it even is. So, yeah. you know, I'm probably, as, as of right now, I don't have any intent of including that in any of my books. I feel but that could change. I feel similarly in that I, I thought about like, it is fresh and it would, <laughs> and I'm sure that, like you said, you know, while these shows are, are incorporating it into their story arcs, I'm sure there are novelists doing something similar. Um, mm-hmm. And and as you said, there are novelists who have. But I feel similarly in that I thought like, well, maybe down the road in the future, there'll be a plot that would work well where it would fit into the 2020, um, what's going on in 2020. But as of right now, I, I feel similarly where I don't, I'd, I'd rather not address it. That, in, in right. part, and, and I don't know if you feel similarly to this, but, you know, I read for escapism. You know, I feel like... I was I, just going to say that. Yeah, I, like people want to read it because they want to forget about yeah. what's going on out there, even though we shouldn't forget about what's going on, but just to have those moments of just normalcy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I concur, I concur. Tracy, I, I know you're a big fan of Drew Barrymore, and I'd read, mm-hmm. and I'd read, and I hope, I hope I interpreted this correctly. And and please forgive me if I didn't. But I, I, I thought I'd read something where you said there was two degrees of separation between yourself and Drew Barrymore. Am I correct? I found that out recently. Yes, it made me very happy. How does that work? So I have a friend, Melissa. Um, she runs um, Chicklet Central blog, and um, she's part of the the group and the founders of grapevine grapevine editing who edited the um the unfortunate fall and she lives in i think it's new york she lives in new york or new jersey i can't remember which which area um but she's someone i met through through writing and she has a friend who um works for the drew barrymore show oh right on very cool yeah so she she messaged me one day and she's like you know this only puts you two degrees of separation (laughs) and only one for me you know from her and i was like oh my gosh (laughs) because you know you know i say drew is my best friend she just doesn't know that yet (laughs) what's your favorite drew barrymore movie oh my gosh you know they're so I love so many, so much of her stuff. Um, I'm actually quite a, a fan of Poison Ivy. Okay. And I know that's not one of her big ones, you know, but I really liked her in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, E.T. I mean, who didn't like her in E.T.? Um, but I, I really liked those, I think. And I've, re- I've recently been watching Blood in a lot because that's been on um, the, the cable stations a lot, the one with Adam Sandler. But... You know, Which I really, I really like Poison Ivy. I remember, I just loved that movie. And I know it's kind of a wonky movie. It's kind of, for lack of a better word, gross. Um, but <laughs> I don't know, have you seen that one? Which was the one, was Poison Ivy the one with the young woman, well, she was a young woman at the time, probably a teenager, from um, Roseanne? Yes. Yes, I remember catching that on cable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. So she plays, she plays like a, like a bad girl. It, yeah, yeah. But I like all her movies. You know, Never Been Kissed, The Wedding Singer, um, The Home Fries. I think the only movie of hers I haven't seen was there was a, um, it was called Titan AE, I think. It was a... Oh, a sci-fi movie. Yeah, I yeah. haven't seen that one. And I think I, I believe she was in Donnie Darko, but I haven't seen that oh, one. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. 
It, I oh, thought what? she was. I might be wrong, but I thought that she was, but I hadn't um, I hadn't seen that one either. I think I started watching it sometime, but I never finished it. But, but yeah, I've always really liked her, and Reese Witherspoon is another one that I've always really liked, too. Very cool, very cool. But Drew is my... Drew's my girl. Right on. Yeah, for me, for me, it's Fever Pitch. Anytime, anytime Fever oh. Pitch is on, I, I, I'll watch it. And I think it. I yeah. don't know if, if part of it. I think it's probably because I'm, I'm a New Englander, and it obviously is, uh, you know, set, set in, in Boston. Uh, right. And I like that aspect of it. But I, I'm also. Well, she's always fascinated me because you know even when she was you know younger, like she and she wrote her by uh, her autobiography, Little Girl Lost. I read that like four or five times. Like I've wow. always, she's just I've always been obsessed with her. You were very into why. it. Very cool. Very cool. I, uh, Tracy, you're you also you're also a lover of popcorn, as am I. Mm-hmm. And 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 I have it. I don't know how how much you love it, but I I have it for dinner at least once a week. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to know. Do you make it yourself? No, I am. I am a microwave popcorn girl. Oh dear. Oh, because. No. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Go ahead. I'm too lazy to make it on the stove. <laughs> and I probably would burn it anyway. Oh, no. No, I you know, you've I got mean, to make it on the I stove. The popcorn. But I actually used to work at a uh, party store. And then I loved when I worked the downstairs, which was the candy store. And I'd have to make popcorn all day. Wow. <laughs> Do you put anything on it now? Even though you make it in, in like, a, I assume, like in a bag in, in the... Uh, Right. In the microwave. Well, I put butter on it Uh um, and then popcorn salt. And then I like, I like the ranch. Okay. Yeah. I've tried that. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I despise kettle corn. I think it's a sin. What is it? Kettle corn. Oh, kettle corn. Yeah. No, I don't care for kettle corn either. I hate kettle corn with a passion. Have you, have you ever tried dill seasoning on your popcorn? I've had dill popcorn. Um, I'm not that big of a pickle fan not and a dill fan, fan to yeah. like. I'll put I'll put dill like on my tuna. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That, I've never tried that's that. That's about it. I got to give that a shot. Yeah, I I I swear by the the stovetop popcorn. Meaning, like, I'll get a pan out and oil and like um, Orville Redenbacher kernels and like you know I that's how I do it and and yeah. But I'm a fan. My dad has one of the air poppers. He likes oh, the air poppers. So it's, I don't... It's, it's similar, uh, but you know, it's not no. the same as the stove, but it's similar. No, I, I, you know, I'm a connoisseur. I can't, I can't air pop it either. Air pop, like I, my mom, like I was brought up with an air popper. That's how my mom used to make it. And mm-hmm. it's just so dry. I don't know if you've, you've had, I'm sure you've had it if you've, you've had popcorn that well, your dad made. Well, that's why you, that's why you put a lot of butter that's on why, it. That's <laughs> why, I suppose, yeah, it's a good reason. <laughs> it's so healthy. Right on, right on. You're 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 a big music fan, Tracy. You, a lot of you know your stories. I say a lot of your stories. The stories I've read of yours always incorporate music from the '80s and '90s. Do you listen to music while you write? Um, it depends. Lately, since the whole um, COVID stuff, and I've been kind of just at home with everybody. Mm. Um, I tend to just have the tv on um like every day i have to like i have to watch the view like i have to from 10 to 11 i've got to watch it and that's like my must-see show for like the day mm-hmm. um but i tend to have the tv on the background usually it's friends or seinfeld um but otherwise if i'm like at a coffee shop or something you know i go back and forth sometimes i like to listen to everything around me you know pick pieces up what people are talking about and stuff because you know i'm nosy sure but um but i do i do like to listen to music i sometimes um would make soundtracks and stuff for my books like the all that series and stuff they all have soundtracks on spotify oh that's so great i love that idea 
Now, do you put these links out to these Spotify uh, playlists for for readers, or is this just something that you do for your for your, your own self? Well, they, I mean, I, they're viewable. I mean, I haven't, like, I don't have a private profile or anything on Spotify, so they're out there. They're findable. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. And you mentioned you mentioned a coffee shop. I know you're a big coffee fan also. Do you, do you only drink, for, you know, coffee from, a uh, like, an independently owned coffee shop, or do you have a go-to place there in Wisconsin? Well, so my absolute favorite coffee is um, Collectivo, and that's brewed in Wisconsin. Right in um, like the I think it's the River West area in Milwaukee, um, used to be called Altera, and now they're called Collectivo, and that's my absolute favorite coffee. Um, we'll we'll buy bags of that, and you know to, to brew at home. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not really the closest one to me is about thirty minutes, so I don't tend to go there very often. Yes, um, but like I'll go I'll go to Starbucks and stuff, and tomorrow or today. For my release, I'm probably going to hit up uh, Dunkin' Donuts because there is one by me and get a coffee from there. I like the McDonald's. um, But I, you know, I'll buy the great value, you know, the cheap stuff. I just, it's whatever I'm in the mood for. And I always say, too, like, if I drink too much of one coffee, I need to have a different brand to, like, cleanse my palate. Okay. (laughs) Because you get so used to the same one. You know, like, I need something different now, you know. But my favorite is definitely the Collectivo. And I also like um, Lavazza. Oh, I've never heard of either of those. Well, I learned of Lavazza from um, comedians and cars and coffee. Oh, okay. That's what they would always drink. Yeah. I always see the Lavazza. That, 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 okay, I, I've never picked up on that. I've seen I've seen lots of episodes of that show. I love the the footage that they they have of the coffee is so beautiful, isn't it? Right. <laughs> I know. I love it. There's nothing better than like watching a cup of coffee being poured I, and then like the steam coming up. I'm a, I, I I'm a coffee drinker also. I, I have a cup in the morning and then I have a cup in the afternoon and. And like, yeah, and I, I always think to myself, like, this is like when whenever I'm watching comedians in cars getting coffee and I see those beautiful, this beautiful cinematography of this coffee being brewed and prepared. I'm always like, is this appealing just because I love coffee or would this be like, would this turn like a non-coffee aficionado into a coffee drinker? I don't know, mm-hmm. you know. And I usually have, I have one or two in the morning, but when I say one or two cups in the morning, I brew 14 ounces. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I have a tra- like a kind of like a travel mug that I have, um, and I usually brew it into that every morning. So I usually have at least the fourteen in the morning, and then I may have an eight or ten ounce, you know, in the morning still. Then I'll usually have one in the afternoon, and sometimes one in the evening. Coffee doesn't like wake me up; it's more just the routine and the taste. I don't. I could drink coffee and go right to bed. <laughs> do, you, do you have it the same way every time, or do you, do you do you take it differently depending on the time of day? No, it's just um, I prefer a dark roast, but I, I I will do a medium roast. I I tend I'll sometimes do blonde, but I I don't like the blonde as much. But I usually do a dark roast with um, just enough cream to slightly change the color. Okay, very good, very good. No no sugar. No yeah, sweet. no. Yeah, no, I my take husband it, likes this with sugar. I he t- always does. He does a tall glass with two sugars and lo- and lots of cream. I take it the exact same way you do. I do just just cream. That's it. Yeah, and I do just a little bit. My mom drinks hers black, and I don't like mine. Just oh plain. man, oh man, I can't, I can't do it. I've there, there's a, a couple times I've been at like a breakfast place that had the qual the quality of the coffee was so good that I could drink it without anything in it. But otherwise, yes. otherwise, it's 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 if I make it myself or you know, it's usually dark roast and it's very bitter. But but don't you think that no matter where you are 
if somebody else makes it for you, whether it's the coffee shop or like your wife, it tastes better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it does. They, they, those bears just know what they're doing. And you're right. And even if it's just a, a friend or somebody else, maybe it's just the act that uh, of kindness uh, of make, uh, preparing something from somebody else. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Tracy, this has been so much fun. I, I really appreciate you giving me your time and talking about, about books. I want to remind, and coffee, and Drew Barrymore. <laughs> I want to remind uh, listeners that, that uh, you can find Tracy Krimmer's books at Amazon. And uh, I'd encourage you to check out her latest book, The Unfortunate Fall. It's the second in her series, the Rewind Romance series. And uh, this has been episode 144 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascolda. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Tracy Krimmer. This has been so much fun. We love you. Thank you. Peace.